Hey, I'm Darren, and I'm one of the pastors here at Focus. And, and for everyone that calls Focus their home church and you're with us today, I just am so blessed to be able to worship my God with each and every single one of you. Love you so much. For all of our guests that are here today, we pray that you're going to experience something today. We pray that you're going to experience something and I pray that it's going to be something that's going to be fun. I pray that it's going to be something that's life-giving, that you're going to be able to experience Jesus today. That's what we want to be able to see happen, and we pray that that's exactly what you're going to be able to experience today. Well, today we are wrapping up, we're wrapping up this series that we have called Rally. And we did a series called Rally because it's, it's football season. Anybody aware it's football season, Right? Uh, in fact, I think the reason why we, we really called this series Rally is because I wanted an excuse to be able to talk about my Iowa Hawkeyes every single Sunday. Come on now. Come on, somebody. 4-0 feels really good. I'm just letting you all know that right now, all right? Really, what I wanted to do is I wanted to be able to recruit some more Iowa Hawkeye fans. We got, did I recruit any of them out there? Anyone? Anyone? I'm going to give a shout out. I'm going to give it there. You already were an Iowa Hawkeye fan. I appreciate it. I'm going to give a shout out to Tyler. Met you in the gym yesterday, and I told you I'd give you a shout out. I can't wait to be able to, to celebrate a Hawkeye win again because I didn't recruit one at church, but I recruited one in the gym yesterday. Come on now. That's what I'm talking about. If you want to be able to jump on that bandwagon, I'm just letting you know. There's plenty of room for you. Four and oh, all right? Really, I'm saying that today because... Uh, because we're playing Michigan in the big house next week, and we're probably going to lose. So I'm just going to get excited today. Come on now. We're talking about rally because rallies happen, but it's not a series about football. Really, here's what our working definition is for rally, and it's this. That being together to focus on a singular purpose and a singular action. This is a series about being together. Because we believe this, and we see it throughout Scripture, and this has been our big takeaway for the entire series, it's this, is that we are better together. Somebody say better. better. Somebody say together. together. Somebody help me finish the sentence. We are Come on, right? We are better together. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, it says, two people are, somebody help me better off than one for they can help each other succeed anybody want to succeed in life here's what i want to succeed at is that is that as our church that we want to be a people that can be focused upon jesus if there's one thing in my life that i want to succeed at it's focusing upon jesus that all the rest of that stuff it can pass away but I want to stay focused upon Jesus so that at the end of my days, that my Lord and my Savior says to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. Anybody want to succeed in that? Come on, right? That's what we want to be able to do. But here's what I know. I know that we live in a world that's full of distraction, right? Anybody get distracted? Some of y'all distracted just by my shirt right now. That's all it is. You're like, I can't get over it. It's so bright, right? Uh, I just want to talk about them again. That's all. Well, no, that's all I'm saying. But we get distracted like that. I get distracted. We all get distracted. And we have moments where we fail in focusing upon Jesus at all times. We all do, right? That's why it continues on in 410. It says this. It says, if one person falls, anybody ever here falling away from focusing on Jesus? No, right? You're like, I'm not raising my hand on that one. We all do. If you fall, the other can reach out and help. 
we're better off together. We want to be able to succeed in focusing on Jesus. But when we fall, when we have moments where, where life gets in the way, where, where it's great things, it's good things, and, and they just pull us away. And the next thing we know, we need somebody that can reach out and help because someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I don't want anybody in here to fall and be in real trouble. We're better off together. Let's set ourselves up for success by making sure that when things are going well, that we're setting up people around us so that when we do go through a hard time, we can lean upon that relationship that we've already established, right? Because how many of you ever been in a situation where, where you, you had a hard moment and then you tried to reach out to somebody, but you didn't have a relationship with that person? And so when you tried to reach out, there was nothing to reach out to. And you felt like that person failed you. But you didn't have a relationship with them in the first place. You have to build the relationship so when the, the moments come, it's like this. This is really what it's like. It's like, an, a, it's like a bank account. It's a relationship bank account. If you need a moment where you're going to withdraw from that account, you have to deposit in the first place, don't you? So many people are like, well, man, church failed me. Why? Well, the people just didn't help me out. Well, what did you do? I walked in and then I walked out. I sat down in my seat and then I figured people were just going to come and support me at all times. You get what you put into it, don't you? You're like, well, that seems like hard work. I don't want that. I just want people to be there for me. Just be there for me when I need you. And then when I don't, I'm just going to go on my merry way. That's not the way that life works. You have to be part of a group. You have to be part of some people that are already there. That as you pour into their life, they can pour into yours. That's how things work. So people didn't necessarily fail you. You might have failed them before. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. My hope for you is that you're going to succeed. And my hope that we're going to be able to do and what we've been doing through this entire series is encouraging you to make sure that you surround yourself with a group of people. And here's the amazing thing. Not just one person. You need a group around you. Because how many of y'all know that sometimes when you get in a group, that somebody within that group, they're a jerk. Right? Anybody ever been a jerk to somebody? Right? Anybody had somebody be a jerk to you? And you're like, well, they were one of my best friends. Why were they a jerk to me in that moment? Because we're all human and we fail, right? So what we need to do is we need to have a group of people around us so that when one person says something that's a negative and you're like, I don't know how to deal with it, then you can call up that other person that you have a, a support with and they're going to be like, well, you know what? They probably meant it this way when they said that. And they can talk you down from the ledge, right? Because that's why it continues on when we go to 413. It says, you know what? If you go into battle alone, you're in trouble. But if you have somebody on your back, man, you're, watch out. Two people together are going to be there. But a cord of three strands, well, that's not easily broken. Which means this. The more people that you have in your corner, the more successful that you are. I want to roll deep with my friends. I want to I have a strong pack, right? I want to have a lot of people around me that are building me up and encouraging me. So that when I have a moment of failure, no, 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 you're not falling alone. We're going to make sure that we're going to pick you up. Come on, now we are better together. We see it all throughout Scripture. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at one specific moment 
in this, in this passage that we've covered over and over again in Acts chapter 2. It's a special moment in history where we saw, we saw a group of people experience God in a big way. On the day of Pentecost, 120 people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then that moment carried on to another special moment. From that 120 people, Peter and the rest of the 11, they stood up and they said they, said they, they preached the word of God. And not just 120 people experienced Jesus that day, but over 3,000 people said yes to Jesus that day. That's a special moment. Can I get an amen right now? Let me ask you this question. Anybody want to be part of a special moment? Man, I want to be part of a special moment with God. But I want to, I don't want to just have a moment with God. Because see, here's the problem is that when we run into these things, when we, when we run into just moments with God, and then we don't have a moment with God, then we begin to chase those moments, don't we? Well, I remember that one moment, and I want to have another moment like that. And I, and I don't see the moment, so now I'm chasing after a moment. And then when we don't experience another moment, then we can have the temptation to actually manufacture moments, can't we? So that's why I don't want to be part of a moment. I want to be part of a movement of God. Because I can't chase it on my own. My strength gets too tired. But if I'm part of a movement of God, then he is carrying me from one moment to another. It's through his strength. I'm just riding the wave. I'm just riding the wave. Holy Spirit, take me where you need me to go. I'm just, let Be my guide. I don't need this strength on my own to try to chase a moment. You just carry me from moment to moment. Come on, somebody. Who wants to be part of a movement of God today? That's what I want in my life. But here's what I know, that there's some of you in here that are like, yes, that's exactly what I, I want to be part of that. I have the desire inside of me. But here's what we know. You need to have the right attitude to be in the moment, but our movement, but you also need the right strategy, right? There needs to be a strategy involved to be part of a movement. It's not just the right attitude. We need a strategy, which is why we've been looking at through this entire series that we want to be a church that sees a movement of God happening, that I want to see a movement of God happen in your life, in your soul, in your heart. I want to see a movement of God happen within your family. I want to see a movement of God happen in our church. I want to see a movement of God happen within our community. Spread from us and reach the entire East Valley. Spread from us and reach the entire city of Phoenix, the entire Metroplex. That's what my desire is. So we need to have a strategy. So why not look at the strategy that this church, this first church had to see the movement of God carry? And that's why we've been looking at Acts 2.42. This is our main passage throughout the entire thing, and it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer to the breaking of bread into prayer the first thing is they you got to have a group of people around you which is why today what we've been doing this entire series is leading up to today today we are launching out our focus groups come on somebody come on somebody get excited about our focus groups come on now i'm excited about it those were just all the leaders that clap some of y'all still wondering like i don't know we're gonna, I'm gonna find out what's going on right? Our focus groups are launching today, and so in fact, even after, uh, after the service today, that you're going to be able to walk out. Wait, that's why we got all those balloons out there. We're celebrating this, you know, and, and you're going to be able to walk out, and you're going to have somebody that's going to have a little name tag on, and they're going to be able to invite you into their focus group. 
Or you can find somebody and you're like, you know what, that, that looks like somebody I want to hang out with. And, and you can go and approach them and invite yourself into their focus group, all right? And that's what we want to be able to see happen at the end of today. is for you to be able to say, okay, you know what, I've learned all of this. We've talked about it. I've been praying about what this looks like. And I'm ready to take a step to surround myself with the people that I need around my life. Because I know that, that I have moments of failure and I need to be better. I need to have a group of people around me because we are better together. And so that's what it's going to look like. Today, I'm just going to tell you, this is what's going to happen today for the rest of the time that we have, is that we're going to break down a little bit of what we saw within Acts 2.42, but it's going to be a shorter message. Can I get an amen on that one? Right? Come on, Frankie. That gum, man. Pastor Frankie. Too enthusiastic about that one. Oh, but you're going to pay for that one later, buddy. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to have a shorter message today. We're going to talk about what God has for us. And then we're going to have a time and a moment where we can actually apply it. I'm just letting you know, we're going to have a moment when we can apply it and we can experience Jesus today. We can experience his Holy Spirit in our life. And then we're going to walk through that. And then again, we're going to close out with some worship. And then you're going to be able to have a moment to go out into the lobby. You're going to be invited into a focus group. You're going to invite yourself into a focus group. And I'm going to tell you, I believe that today is going to be a cultural, it's going to be a life-changing moment for some of you. It's going to be a moment that will be a catalyst for a movement of God in your life. That's what I believe is going to happen today. So what we're going to do first off is that we're going to break down. We're going to break down Acts 2.42, the breaking of bread and prayer. The breaking of bread and prayer. So what we're going to do today and what we've done through this entire series is I've got two words for you and one encouragement. Two words for you and one encouragement as we learn what God means through the strategy that he is giving us. Number one, the first word that we have is grace. Somebody say grace today. Grace. Our ushers are coming in and they're going to be passing out uh, elements of communion. And so I want to encourage you to just go ahead and, and you're going to take a, a cup out of there. As the plate passes in front of you, you're going to take a cup. There's two cups that are kind of attached together. The bottom cup has a, uh, the, the element of the cracker and then the top of it has has a, a cup that's in there that's full of, of juice for us. And these are the elements of communion. Because we saw it said, breaking of bread and prayer. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11 says this. Paul writes this. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Now, once you get that cup, I just want you to hold on to it for a moment, and we're going to all participate in this moment together. If you could uh, grab me one of those when you get a chance to. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. Thank you. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said these words, this is my body, which is for you. But do this in remembrance of me. He was together with his disciples. They're having dinner together, and he reaches in front. I got one. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And he broke it, and he began to pass it out. And he said, this is my body, which was broken for you. And he said, take and eat. Church, can we take and eat together? And in the same way, after supper, 
I didn't realize that, that Jesus was from the Midwest. He calls it supper up in here, right? <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? We have dinner in my house anyway. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. And do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Church, can we take and drink together? Jesus, we love you so much, and we are so thankful for the broken body that you have, for the blood that you spilled as the perfect sacrifice to cover our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Paul is writing these words. Paul is in the moment where he's writing these words to the church in Corinth. Well, let me tell you something. Paul was not one of the original 12. Paul didn't believe in Jesus at this time. So why did he say, what I have received, I pass along to you? What did Paul receive? Paul didn't receive communion with everyone. What did Paul receive? I'm here to tell you that Paul received the grace of Jesus. Our groups, our focus groups will be filled with the grace of Jesus. The breaking of bread and prayer doesn't mean that every time our groups get together that you got to have communion together, but it will absolutely mean that it will be a place where the grace of Jesus overwhelms and overflows through us. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer to have the grace of Jesus flow through us. What is the grace of Jesus? I'm here to tell you that the grace of Jesus it's the free favor from a heavenly father. That the grace of Jesus is a limitless love of our Lord and our Savior. That the grace of Jesus is the sin-saving grace of our Savior. That's what the grace of Jesus is. And it will flow in us and it will flow through us. The grace of Jesus. What have we received? When you say yes to Jesus, you've received his grace. His special gift of a saving life. The gift of, of grace means that we, we no longer have to live under condemnation. See, those moments of failure that we have, too often we find ourselves in a moment where we feel completely and utterly worthless. You know what the grace of Jesus is? The grace of Jesus is mercy with no merit. That's exactly what it is. And so those moments that we feel that we're full of guilt, because we've sinned against our Lord and our Savior, and we think to ourselves, I don't, I don't deserve this. Let me tell you something. You don't deserve it. You, there's nothing that you can ever do that will deserve the grace of Jesus. That's why he gives it to us so freely. And so when those moments of guilt and condemnation come down, you got to remember that that's a lie from the enemy to try to get you in a place where you don't receive the grace anymore. Where you're just in a place where you're like, no, I can't have it. And you reject the grace and instead you just live in guilt. That's why you need some people around you. I'm going through a hard time. Hey, remember the grace of Jesus. I can't even look at myself in the mirror anymore. I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I just keep falling away and I can't even look at myself in the mirror anymore, right? And then that's why you have somebody around you that says, no, you know who you are? You're not somebody who's filled of, of guilt. You're somebody who's filled with grace because you have said yes to Jesus, and so you can absolutely look at yourself in the mirror, because you are a son of the Most High. You are a daughter of the Most High, and you should walk around with the boldness that that's what it is. We will be 
we will be a church that is full of the grace of Jesus. And we will join groups that will be full of the grace of Jesus. What did Paul receive? He received Jesus' grace. And what will we do? We will pass that grace along to every single person that we come in contact with. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. They devoted themselves to grace. To live in grace. What will our groups look like? They will be grace-filled groups. Come on, somebody. That's what I want to experience. I don't need guilt or condemnation. That's what everybody else is spooning out to me. I want to be part of a group of people that are spooning out the grace of Jesus, right? That's what my hope is for you, that you can experience that. Say yes to a group today. Invite yourself into a group so that you can experience that grace on a day-to-day basis. Powerful. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And to prayer. Prayer. What does prayer look like? I'll tell you what prayer is. Prayer is faith. Prayer is faith. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, what, in its simplest form, what is prayer? Prayer is communication to God, right? You're talking to God. You're, talk, you're, you're asking him stuff. You're, you're trying to, I need guidance, I need whatever it is. Prayer is just simply talking to God. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever thought to yourselves, why would I take a moment to talk to God who doesn't who doesn't really tangibly talk back to me, right? I mean, like, there might be some of y'all, like, I've seen it in Scripture, and there maybe you had a moment in your life where you, like, actually heard the audible voice of God, right? Like, you might be in that. I feel him speak to my spirit, but I've never, like, I've never heard the audible voice of God before, but maybe you're in that place. But why, so if we can, if we're talking to God, why wouldn't we just choose to talk to somebody else who we can have a tangible conversation with? That makes more sense, right? Anybody ever thought that before? No, I'm the only one, right? <laughs> Come on, y'all. You're like, but it's church. I'm not supposed to admit it. We'll talk about it. You're right. We talk about this. What? Why would you talk to God? If we're going to devote ourselves to prayer, why? Because I'm telling you, prayer is faith. And what is faith? Faith is obedience through submission to God. I don't know about you, but I have faith in Jesus. I don't know about you. I, do, I got anybody in here who's faith-filled today? I got anybody in here who's full of faith? I don't know about you, but I believe in Jesus. I have faith in Jesus. Why do I pray to Jesus? Because I have faith in him. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm going to keep my faith strong. I'm going to keep my faith. My faith is what is going to drive me. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. I could care less. I could care less if at some point that they proved that the creation of the world was not done in six days, but it was done over thousands of years or millions of years. I could care less. Here's what my faith is. My faith says that my Lord and my Savior, that he spoke the world into motion, and he is the creator and sustainer of the universe. That's where my faith lies. I could care less. I know where my faith stands. Do I have anybody in here who's full of faith today? Come on now. We will have groups that are devoted to having faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Check this out, Matthew chapter 8. I love this so much. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, now a centurion is a Roman soldier who was, who was a leader over at least 100 men. That's what I mean, century, right? At least a hundred men that he was over in charge of. A centurion came to him and asked, 
for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. What is he doing in this moment? He's praying to Jesus. He is bringing his request to Jesus. I need some help. And Jesus said to him, okay, shall, shall I come and heal him? You want me to come? And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word. Just say the word. Just say the word. How many of y'all need Jesus to just be able to say a word over your situation today? Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus, for myself, I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. This is a man who understood obedience. This was a man who understood authority. This is a man who understood submission. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Whew, that's powerful. Just say the word. You don't even have to come into my presence. I don't deserve it. Humility that this man had. You just say the word. And Jesus responds to him and he says, he was amazed. How many of you are loved? You're living your life in a faith that amazes Jesus. His faith amazed Jesus. I don't have, I got a lot of goals in my life, but I'm going to tell you what. If I could ever get to the point that Jesus at the end of my day says, I was amazed by your faith. Come on, somebody. I don't want to just talk about being a man of faith. I want to amaze the person that I have put my faith underneath. And he said, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. What is prayer? Prayer is communicating to the creator of this and sustainer of the universe because you have faith in him. We want to be part of a church that is devoted to the grace of Jesus. We want to be a church that is devoted to having faith in Jesus. And we communicate that faith to him. And then all of a sudden, an amazing moment happens. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. How many of y'all know that a moment can be a catalyst to a movement in your life? Anybody need a moment today? Because you say that you have the right attitude to want to be part of a movement, but you might be in this place where you're like, but I'm, I'm, I'm tired, I'm weak. I need a catalyst. I need something that's going to drive me into that movement. And I believe that there's some of you in here today that a moment will happen. Why? Because I have faith that it will. Because I know that we've been praying for this moment for you. And I believe that there is going to be a breakthrough in some of you. All of a sudden, the servant was healed. Why? Because of the grace of Jesus and the faith of a centurion. The grace of Jesus, the gifts that he gives us, and the faith of a centurion. Did you catch that? Grace and faith. Grace and faith working together. Let me tell you something. Faith and prayer isn't forcing the hand of God to do what you ask. Faith and prayer, faith and prayer is aligning your heart 
into the gifts that he's already given you. It's putting yourself into the place of grace already. Because I know that my Jesus has already accomplished everything on the cross. And so I have the faith to place all of my needs where? At the foot of the cross. Faith is not forcing the hand of God. Faith is me placing myself under submission to the obedience of my Father. That's what faith is. Grace and faith working together. We've been talking about being in a rally, being together to focus on a singular purpose and a singular action. We've been looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 42, and it says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. Apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And then look at there, there's a little comma. There's a separation between apostles' teaching and fellowship and then the breaking of bread and to prayer. Because here's really what we want to be able to do. We say this, that we want to be able to focus on a singular purpose, right? What's the purpose that we have together? It's to be able to learn. The purpose that we have is to be together so that we can learn how God wants us to be able to live. That's the purpose of groups, so that we can focus on the word of God and he can show us how to live. And a singular action, a singular purpose and a singular action. There's a comma, there's a breaking of this, breaking of bread into prayer. All of a sudden, what happens is that we take what we have learned and then we begin to apply it to our lives. There needs to be an action to what we have learned. Otherwise, it's just head knowledge. I don't want to just have a head knowledge of Jesus. I want to have him living and breathing inside of my life. We need to have the purpose of learning more about Jesus, that he is changing us into his image every single day, but then we need to live it out. You got to live it out. You got to put that faith into action. You have to put it into action, which is exactly what I'm going to ask you to do today. I'm going to ask you to put what we have learned through this entire series, that we're better together, I'm going to ask you to put it into action. Not only am I going to ask you to put it into action by surrounding yourself with other people around you, I'm going to ask you to put your faith into action today. I said that we were going to have a, a shorter message and then we're going to have a time to apply it. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to ask for our prayer teams to begin to take their places. Because here's what I want to be able to see inside of your life. I want to see you put your faith into action. This isn't something that we normally do, but we're going to have, we're going to have people standing on either side. And if you need a moment as a catalyst into your life, this is the moment for you. This is the moment for you to be able to have some people come around you that can pray for you and see a moment happen. This is that moment for you. I'm going to ask you to put it into action. Put your faith into action. And you're going to take a moment and you're going to stand up and you're going to walk to a place where you're not sure exactly what, I don't know. I just know that I need God in my life. I know that I want to have God in my life. I know that I want to have more of his grace in my life. Does anybody want to see the grace of God move in your life? Today's the day for that to happen. Here's my encouragement for you today. Of my encouragement, I said I have two words and one encouragement. The grace and faith of Jesus inside of your life. See, too many times, too many times what we're doing when we even ask God for, for something 
in prayer. We go to him and we're asking for something. We're asking for some sort of, of gift, right? My dad, when, uh, when he was younger, um, his aunt was, uh, was a missionary and traveled all over the world sharing the good news of Jesus with, with people all over the world. And the way that, that it worked for her and the mission organization that she was part of is that she would, she would go to a certain area for a while and they would they'd bring her home and then they'd say, okay, now we need to send you here. We need your, we need your help over here in this area. They, they'd bring her home and then she'd be there for a short time and then they'd say, okay, we need you to go to this new area. And so she traveled the world telling people about Jesus, sharing the good news of Jesus, the grace of Jesus. And every time, every time she came back, she came back home, she would bring my, my dad, she would bring him a gift. Some, some exotic gift from some land that he had never been to and he could only dream about being there. And she did this for years, that she would go through and bring him a gift. And, and so one day when he was about 10 years old, he tells me the story that, that he saw his aunt driving up the drive and he got really excited to be able to see her and and so as she's driving up the drive, he, he runs out the door and, and he goes to greet his aunt. And the first thing that he says to her is, what did you bring me? And she, she politely got the gift out and, and she gave the gift to him. And then later on, they're sitting down having a conversation. And she says to him, you know, I was really disappointed that you were more interested in the gift than you were in me. And that was the last time that his aunt ever brought him a gift from a foreign place. See, too many times for us, we get more concerned with the gift than the giver of the gift. What are you seeking today? Are you seeking a moment of a miracle? God, I need this situation to come through. If you can get this situation, then I'll follow you. If I, if I see healing in this place, so okay, then, then prove it to me. And we're more concerned about the gift than the giver of the gift. My encouragement for you today is this. Seek out the giver of the gift, and the gifts will follow. Seek him and his kingdom first, and all of these things will be added to you. Church, would you please stand with me today? There's somebody in here who needs a special moment of God. And this is not something that we normally do here at our church, to have people take a step out. And go find somebody to pray with you. We don't usually do that. So it might take some boldness on your part today. It might take, it might take getting past an uncomfortable moment to bring you to a powerful moment. Are you willing to move out of an uncomfortable moment and take a first step towards the movement of God in your life? It might be that you need to take the first step and begin to put yourself in movement to join in with the movement of God inside of your life. 
My hope is for you today is that you're going to be able to move past an awkward moment, a difficult moment for you, that you're not worried about what anybody else is going to do, know what anybody else is going to think around you. You're just saying, you know what, God, I need you in my life. I need more of you in my life. I put you aside for too long. I want to be part of everything that you have inside of me. I need you to move inside of my life and to continue to move inside of my life. God, I pray for a moment to take place, to be a catalyst for movement in our church, Lord Jesus, in somebody's life today as we seek you with everything that we have. Church, I'm going to ask you in this moment to begin to move. I'm going to ask you in this moment to begin to move. If you have something that's going on inside of your life and you need the prayer of a powerful person, you need the prayer of somebody who's going to be able to help lead you, my asking in this moment is to put your faith in action. Take a step. Find somebody. Ask God to move in your life. Let's go ahead. Move now. Move now. Move now. Take a step out and move now. Move now. Don't wait for anybody else. Move now and see what God has for you. Take a step out in faith and move and see what God has for you. You, might not, you don't need a situation. You just need more of God. You just need more of God inside of your life. Come on. As we begin to praise and worship him, don't let somebody else and don't let the awkwardness be able to hold you back. Let's go ahead and move out and see what God... Oh, I'm going to live like my chains are gone.